straight to the brain. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Straight to the Brain, a podcast where I do research on a scientific topic and try to make it more digestible for the masses. I'm your host, Xavier Fajardo, and sitting next to me is your co-host, Mio Ramos. What the fuck is up, guys? <laughs> How you feeling today? Really good. I had a drink and I'm not in the gulag, so I feel pretty great. <laughs> How do you feel? That's great. I'm feeling great because I'm significantly lighter and cooler after the haircut you gave me yesterday. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> did you leave the AC on this time? No, I, I always, for every haircut. episode, oh, I man. turn the AC off yeah, for the, the listener's pleasure so that yeah. you don't get those sounds. Yeah. yeah. Even though I just gave it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not for the entire episode. Yeah, I cut off like two inches of your hair. Yeah, so I had, uh, crazy. I, I had been growing my hair out for months. It was almost to the point in which I could tie it all up, but the sides mm-hmm. and back were still a little too short. because it was a mop. Yeah, I've been doing, uh, like, I've always, I, like, honestly, since, like, high school, I've had an undercut. Uh, but I had been growing it out. Not for any particular reason, just because, I mean, fuck, none of us can go well, anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, eh, who cares how I look? And I've been growing it out, but as we've alluded to multiple times uh, throughout the podcast, we live in Texas. And it's really hot. And it's super hot, and so I was just always yeah. sweating my dick off, and I decided <laughs> I needed a haircut. And so I let one of my buddies, who I've let cut my hair before, because he is actually like a certified hairstylist. and he knows I let, what he's doing. Yeah, he's a super nice guy, really cool. And so he cut my hair, but uh, I'd been growing it for so long. I didn't want to just chop it all off because it's like I'd put so much time into it. And so I kind of had like a Viking hairstyle going on. Like I had like the sides and back all like buzzed up and the top was still long. I trimmed it a little (laughs) bit, but it was still long enough to tie back. And I rocked that for like a week. It was okay, Kind of fun. It's getting long. But I was like, nah, it's still too long. Like, I miss my short hair. You look like Ed Mood. I did look like, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I, I wanted more of the top chopped I off. I wanted more. So that I could, I always want more. I'm never satisfied. <laughs> and so, and so I want a little bit more of the top chopped off so I can have a little, a little more manageable hair because mm-hmm. I've always loved styling my hair you know like guys yeah well like like most men obviously if you like to wear makeup more power to you but most men like we don't wear makeup we don't do like very much and it's like one of the like things we can do in terms of like neck up yeah for looking better is like, like style the do. yeah styling the do Put and the so in the hair. <laughs> i've always loved uh having different hairstyles mm-hmm. styling my hair i've always liked it and so i really miss that and even though i had buzzed the sides and back Still too long to do anything with. And uh, I decided to have a little trust exercise with Mia and let her (laughs) cut my hair. And my rationale behind that was she's an artist and she's pretty good at art. And what is a haircut if not hair art? It was like sculpting, but with hair. Exactly. And I had to so, watch a video or two on YouTube, but it all seemed pretty. She pulled it off. Maybe, maybe that'll be uh, the picture yeah, look bad. for this Your episode, which is be my haircut. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I like, want it. yeah, the the mm-hmm. my sides in the back, like the fade that I have, that's obviously done by like my buddy. Oh uh, yeah, I could never. But I she, but she that. took like two to three inches off my top so that I can style oh. it again. Yeah, no, it looks great. It looks really good. 
You know what I kept thinking? Yeah. For anyone Very who's trendy. seen The Last Kingdom, I felt like Uhtred of Bettenborough. You, that you look like him? When, no, when I had the top really long to tie back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because remember, like, there's, like, the like season yeah. two and three, he just has that, like, long undercut. Mm-hmm. No, yours, yours was very long. You really wanted it long. Yeah, I really, I've never had long hair before, and I really wanted to grow it out. It didn't I, look bad. It didn't look bad at it's all. Just, it was the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew it out during the wrong time. Super hot. I mean, if you stuck to it and through it. It would have been fine. So my other thing, though, is that and a half of. Mia and I were both on the job hunt, and I was just looking at myself in the mirror with, oh, like, yeah. my shaggy mop of a hairdo, <laughs> and I was like, I look very unprofessional. <laughs> no, but now you can style it a bunch of different ways if you so decide to. If I so desire. Part it in the middle. You could have it up like how you used to back in the day. Back in the day. Oh, man, so much volume. I'm not the tallest guy, and so oh, yeah, I always yeah I, I always relied on the volume of my hair to like act as an optical illusion to make people think <laughs> I was like a solid two inches higher. Like the way I styled my hair was the equivalent you of did women have wearing it really heels. Hard. <laughs> I can't Super speak. hard. Yeah, you had, Actually, you had no. it hard. <laughs> no, that's my. I always use secret for all you gentlemen out there. Use clay or wax. Don't use gel. Gel makes your hair hard and gross. Yeah, you. Always, it looked good, but it was very tall. Like I wish I was. <laughs> oh, stop. All right. Stop it. So today we are going to finish up our discussion on electricity. Uh, this is part two of two. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to part one, please go back and do so. It'll yes. make way more sense. Mm-hmm. But before diving into the body of today's episode... I do want to run through a few quick key points from last episode, just as a little refresher, just to make sure you have those things in the back of your mind as we discuss our topics for today. Because again, all of this stuff builds. Mm -hmm. So atoms, the smallest constituent unit of matter, is composed of three main subatomic particles, protons, neutrons, and electrons. So Mia, would you like to explain the charges of those subatomic particles? Yeah, for sure. So protons, those are going to be your positively charged ones. And those are pretty easy to remember because protons, positive, P and P. PP. It's yeah, exactly very self-explanatory. It's PP. Neutrons, also very self-explanatory. Neutrons are neutral. They don't have a charge. And then electrons are the odd ones out. And those are going to be your negative one charge. Yes, but remember, electricity is the movement of charge, more specifically, the flow of those electrons Mm -hmm. you just mentioned. And so uh, last week, we kind of explained it, that the difference between conductors and insulators, and so a conductor, which is something that's going to allow this electrical flow to carry out more easily through Mm -hmm. it, is when atoms have highly mobile electrons. And that happens when you have a lot of electrons in an atom, and so the ones on the most outer shell, which are considered valence electrons, are more mobile than the ones who are closer in toward the nucleus of the atom because they don't have those electrostatic forces acting on them because, as we know, opposite charges attract and similar charges repel. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to jump. And as we talked about last episode also, there is both static and current electricity. The type of electricity we will be focusing on is current electricity, which exists when charges are able to constantly flow. 
and we explain how we can allow charges to constantly flow. Last episode, when we talked about circuits, which are closed loops of conductive material. If you want to see static electricity, you could always refer to the video that we took of myself. It's on our Instagram where I am ferociously rubbing two balloons on my head. (laughs) Yes, that is static (laughs) electricity in action. And it was really hard to get those knots out after, so you're welcome. (laughs) You have to suffer for the greater good of people's learning. I do. It was worth it. As long as someone learned something, it was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) So if we have an electrical circuit, we can then place things in this circuit to make the flowing electrons do work, like illuminating a light bulb, for example. Last episode, we also talked a little bit about Ohm's law and how voltage, current, and resistance are interrelated. And so that's also going to be important for later on in this episode. But again, hopefully you listen to part one. Mm-hmm. And our water analogy as well. Yeah, that water analogy really helps out. And it's really yeah. funny because if you go really to cool. any site that's attempting to explain electricity to lay people like ourselves, they <laughs> always use that water analogy. It just makes it so much easier, honestly. And on the topic of lay people like ourselves, nuclear fission was fucking babyland frolics compared to understanding <laughs> electricity. Yeah. I understood nuclear fission and uranium enrichment so much more Mm -hmm. than this stuff this was honestly quite the challenge for me to get just because as we've mentioned before Mia and I aren't the best physicists no yeah we like biology not physics physics is black magic (laughs) 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 we don't get it (laughs) but we're gonna try to for the greater good and for you guys so what we didn't talk about last episode was how to induce the movement of electrons. <laughs> how to induce labor. <laughs> yes, how to induce labor. You got to get some warm water. She's got to do some uh, jumping jacks. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> just flies right. And that baby just repels down <laughs> out of the uterus, <laughs> just on the umbilical cord like a fucking SWAT team. <laughs> Hello, I am here. <laughs> you know what? On that topic, uh, oh, when SWAT I was- SWAT team babies? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. 100%. <laughs> So when I was getting my EMT certification, uh, obviously we have to learn about all sorts of things because, again, we're first responders. Mm -hmm. God knows what's happening. I did not steal the morphine. And so (laughs) it's locked. (laughs) Only the paramedics can unlock it. That's what locksmiths are for. (laughs) (laughs) And so so one of the things we obviously had to get into is like OBGYN stuff. And we had to talk about like, okay, obviously maybe Mm -hmm. a woman's in labor. And so they call 911 to get them to a hospital quicker. (laughs) Woman's in labor on the freeway <laughs> and so we had to learn the like the different types of like births and so uh-huh. there's one which is called a breech birth you and the way i always remembered it yes is so a breech birth is when the feet come out first and you want the head to actually come out first and so the way i would remember what a breech birth was is i would think of like breach and clear and i just it's thought out. yeah I, no i would always think of just like of just a baby like Tossing a flashbang into the hospital room and like kicking down the labias <laughs> and just like coming in like a SWAT team. Oh my! Like breaching clear. Gosh, yeah. And that's how I remembered a breach birth. And if any of you are trying to get your EMT certification, that's how y'all mm. can remember it too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll give you lessons. 
I'll teach you about the breach proof. They, they actually asked me to teach EMT classes. Why didn't you do it? I don't know. All right. That's yeah, funny. I was I was a kid. I got my EMT certification when I was in 18. In high school, right? And then oh, they asked yeah. me to teach classes when I was 19 in my freshman year of college. And in hindsight, should have totally done it. But when you're 19 in your first year of college, you're, you're like, just like, that. yeah, I don't give yeah, a yeah, single yeah. fuck about anything that except partying. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> All right, so how do we actually produce electricity? Uh, when we display simple circuits, our power source is typically a battery. So I'm sure many of you can guess that a battery is one means of inducing the flow of electrons through a circuit. You suck on it. <laughs> you, you su- Man, I'll never forget when my fucking dad made me lick a 9-volt. What? Yeah, he thought it was funny. That's that's the only reason? Just because it was funny? Yeah, he was like, I didn't know any better because I was a child. And I'm like, yeah, you're my father. I trust you indefinitely. And he was like, put your tongue on this 9-volt. And it shocked the fuck out of me. No, half of your tongue is gone. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) It ruined my palate forever. I can never be a chef. Oh, that's why you like super, super um, acidic, like, uh, what what is it? Bitter, bitter stuff. I like, like bitter, super yeah. Super bitter stuff. I do like bitter. That that makes sense. You I, like, I don't <laughs> think those two things are related. You got a palate for the batteries. It's okay. We all get it. That's what it is. <laughs> so, yes, a battery is one means of inducing the flow of electrons. However, I've stated multiple times, batteries will get their own episode. <laughs> And besides, the ultimate goal of this two-parter is to explain how electricity gets to your electrical outlets. And, spoiler, it's not giant batteries. Unfortunately. We can lick those, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Then your tongue will really fall off. That's how we give the death penalty in Texas. (laughs) You just lick a giant battery. (laughs) Oh, damn. While our main topic today is going to be electrical current and how it reaches our homes and buildings, like businesses and schools, let us first briefly discuss Michael Faraday and one of his many accomplishments, which made it possible to generate electricity without needing giant batteries. (laughs) I thought you weren't going to say that, so I was going to be like, giant batteries. (laughs) But you said giant batteries, so it ruined the joke. It's okay. It's really funny because a lot of the, we have like very parallel thinking. And so a lot of the yeah. time, like the things you want to say are I don't asked, read ahead. like, yeah, <laughs> I just listen to what you're, I don't I, like I'm, I'm reading along as you're speaking. And so, yeah, we usually do cold reads where I've typed all of this and then never read it, it once. And then I read it and Mia's just as surprised as I'm I am. Like, wow. <laughs> and, then and I'm, I'm like, wow, I wrote that. It. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck did I figure that out? It's great. No, you're smart. You got this. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So this is not an episode on Faraday or his many discoveries, but background on it is necessary for understanding how electricity gets to your house. So this is going to be a diet version of the story because Faraday does deserve his own episode in the future. And I do actually hope one day to maybe do episodes on like important people mm-hmm. in scientific history and like the things they've done How we do like a history yeah day. yeah exactly like louis pasteur or michael faraday or like einstein or isaac newton like all these scientists who are just like behemoths in their field or nikola tesla nikola tesla yeah nikola tesla would be a really good one too yeah good guy good guy serbian <laughs> asexual <sighs> odd man yeah but 
you know, he made. So well, good. we'll get so into good. it. Yeah, yeah no, don't don't spoil it for <laughs> him. <laughs> Michael Faraday was an English scientist who was predominantly interested in magnetism and electricity. In 1831, Faraday conducted a series of experiments in an attempt to show that an electric current could be produced by a magnetic field. And so his uh, major discoveries, which really led to what we're about to talk about, Mm -hmm. did occur in 1831. But he had actually been working on this connection between magnetism and electricity for many years. It was just, yeah, it was just that his... uh, his mentor slash superior mm-hmm. told him to focus on another project. And so he put this one down for a while. And I believe that project was figuring out how to better make optical lenses for like microscopy oh, okay, and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, we learn about that a lot in physics, too. Um, not physics, too. Physics also. It's physics, too. Oh, like lenses and stuff All like e- that? And I like mean, concave, actually, convex? I think we did learn it in physics, too. Probably. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, like, a whole one or two chapters where we had to, like, understand lenses and how they Yeah, uh, how, like, light bends and, and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. So that's actually super interesting because his name is very familiar. But, yeah, so he was trying to figure out how... Uh, how electrical current could be produced by a magnetic field and Mm -hmm. vice versa. He was looking for that relationship. Uh, But about a decade before this, electromagnetism had been discovered by the Danish scientist Hans Christian Ostrid. So scientists knew that a relationship between electricity and magnetism already existed. Mm -hmm. And so an electromagnet is when you run a current through a conductor and it actually becomes magnetic. And so that's electromagnetism is Whoa. you can produce a magnet using electricity. That's fucking mind blowing, man. That's crazy. Oh, do you have a picture? For oh, me? you're going to be oh, so happy this episode. There is a plethora <gasps> of pictures in this episode. I am thoroughly excited. So after a bit <laughs> of trial and error, again, this is not a fair day episode. So we're not mm. going through. He, he made a number of experiments and models to show this relationship but this is the main one that we really focus on today and so it looks something like this and again every picture that we reference i know this is an audio medium uh but we will try to describe the pictures the best we can and they will all be posted on the corresponding blog post for the episode on straight to the brain.com that is straight the number two the brain.com Go check it out. It's fun. It's not a, a whole white website. It's got like blue colors and some fun Super pictures. fun, yeah. I'm very proud of it's one, the art you created, Thank but you. also how I organized and designed it. Yeah, it's great. It's better than wikipedia.com, guys. Yeah, super fun colors. Great. So this is what he made. And so <laughs> this is... <laughs> he made a coil. He bought a magnet and shot. You know, here you go. <laughs> yeah, so this is a galvan meter. And so it uh, measures current. And so you have the meter mm-hmm. and then you have a coil with two wires coming off of each end connecting to the meter. And then if you move what the fuck? a magnet uh-huh. in and out of this coil, you can see that the needle for the meter is spiking one way and then the other. And we'll get into that mm. a little more in a bit. But as you can see, the movement of this magnet through this copper coil is generating a current. Wow, these guys really didn't have any fucking time on their hands. They were just like, I, what can I do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a coil, and I'm going to get a stick magnet, and I'm going to push through. 
Well, that is what's super interesting <laughs> about a lot of this. It's so interesting because it proves so many things. Yeah, you see a lot of like descriptions of different scientists. Like they kind of like it's crazy. Yeah, like we consider them a scientist today, but they're more or less like tinkerers. Like they just kind of fuck around with things and like, oh cool. This works. <laughs> like math. The fuck? It all just makes sense. It just all makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of time, a lot of the time, they yeah, say dude. that necessity is the mother of invention. Uh-huh. Basically, saying that oh, there's something that needs uh some kind of solution, and so you invent one. But a lot of the time, it's actually that people are just fucking around. They invent something, uh, yeah. and then they find a use for it later on. See, I wonder if that's it. If it's just like they're just doing random shit, and they're like this. That, that goes with that heat go or if it's just like i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna do it because well, that's they usually how it is have, now yeah they usually have like a general idea Back of then, what they're trying to figure out but yeah they usually it was don't free know rain. yeah they usually don't know what we it's didn't know be. shit back then <laughs> we really didn't <laughs> and so it's gonna be it's kind of like they know it'll be useful or relevant one day they just don't have the technology for it yet waiting for the time to bring it to the light crazy essentially So Faraday found that when he moved a permanent magnet into the coil, the galvanometer jumped but did not show a constant current. Hmm. When he pulled the magnet out of the coil, the meter jumped again but in the opposite direction but again did not show a constant current. Interesting. It then became clear that the production of a current was dependent on the changing or moving of either the magnet or the coil. So if he moved the magnet in and out of the coil, the needle on the galvanometer would move back and forth continuously, showing the consistent presence of an electrical current. And so you don't necessarily need to move the magnet. You could also move the coil, as long as one of them is constantly moving. Oh, but he didn't know that, right? Yet, at least? Well, no, he discovered that in his experiment. So he he would time, but for this, it was just a magnet. He was like, yeah, he put it in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. so he knew it was generating a current. He just wasn't totally sure, like why. Why he's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? But he figures it out. It's fun. I don't know. Yeah, it's very like sexual in a way. Yeah, I'm like, how perverted. Just like just in and out of the coil. You weirdo. The fuck. Yeah, he was just a pervert. That's all it was. Like, I, don't, I move it and the needle goes back and Yeah, forth. we had a pervert and now we have electricity. <laughs> End of episode. That's episode 12, guys. Thanks for, thanks for listening. But yeah, so once the movement of either the coil or the magnet stopped, mm-hmm. the current stopped. Okay, that makes sense. Now, to better understand this phenomenon, let's do a quick one two on magnets. A little one two. Little one two. Buckle my shoe. So, <laughs> so <laughs> magnets are rocks or metals that produce an invisible field of force, which we call a magnetic field. Rocks. Yeah. Like magnet rocks, or yeah. like just rocks. Wait, do you think that like they like come in the rock? shape of like a bar with north and south written no, on it? No, but uh, I don't know. It just it just sounded I I don't know I it sounded weird it just, it sounded like you I didn't see magnets are rocks I just saw like magnets and rocks you thought magnets were because Dwayne the Rock I Johnson I think sometimes I'm dyslexic and I can't I read things but it's not what it's supposed to be like I'll jumble numbers sometimes but it's like 
the last two numbers will be flipped. You feel what I'm saying? Well, full disclosure, so both of us are tipsy, so that also that could be a contributing factor. Definitely. So I thought you were just saying rocks. And so I'm like, what? He got rocks. He's got four. That's not a boulder. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> Oh my god, that one's funny. SpongeBob. I yes. Love you. So magnets are rocks or metals. They are rocks that but... produce an invisible field, <laughs> a force which we call a magnetic field. Goddamn. This field can either attract or repel other magnets or metals. Mm-hmm. However, this magnetic field is concentrated around the two poles of a magnet, which we call the north and south pole. Santa. which is it penguins are only in the south pole right oh i have no fucking clue i feel like i probably the north pole is just fucking barren wasteland yeah Yeah. it's too cold yeah that's why we said that there's a mythical wizard that lives there uh -uh, yeah and little tiny people and they make presents for kids yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah they do wow i remember when i first found out that santa wasn't real i was 10 years old it was a late bloomer my mother didn't my parents Wanna. never tried to trick me into the... I know. You were that kid. You were like... Yeah, it's a lie. I wouldn't but have I was ruined like, it no, for other kids. But I, w- I, w- I was... We were I on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I found out I was leaving a Girl Scout. I was in Girl Scouts. Yes, I know. It's weird. I was leaving a Girl Scout meeting. And for some reason, it was in this building. But I was in the elevator. And I had tricked my mom. So I lost a tooth, right? And I was like, I'm going to catch this motherfucking tooth fairy in the act. But... I was like, what's what's the what's the difference? What's the the factor that needs to change? And I was like, I'm not going to tell my mom about it. So I put my tooth under the pillow. I did not tell my parents I lost my tooth. Wow, you were quite the little and, scientist. Oh, yeah. You were running experiments oh, yeah. to prove the like, existence of like, the tooth fairy. I was like, I'm going to fucking catch this bitch, right? And so I put it under my pillow, and I went to sleep. And the next morning, it was still there. And you were like, like, where the fuck's my dollar? Him. I was like, I fucking got him, you liars. How could you? And so the next day, I was like, I lost a tooth. And they're like, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't see any money. The tooth is still there. You wanna, you wanna fess up? Hmm? You wanna fess up? Hmm? In my little fucking green Girl Scout like this. How far you did you make it in up? Girl Scouts? Uh, well, I only joined that one Four year, friends. and um, no, I thought it'd be fun. I, I only stayed in it for a couple of years. I didn't like go like daisies brownies and then the one with i forget what the one we were called was but what's like the top bitch like oh the oldest one yeah like what's like the highest you because i know like in boy scouts it's eagle scout college i don't know we gotta look this shit up one uh eventually i wish i could do it on my eye watch i don't know how to do that but i don't know but i was i wore the green vest you were like in third fourth grade maybe and so i was i was like huh you want to fast up mom Hmm?" And she was like, all right, you got me. She was like, Tooth Fairy's not real. Santa's not real. East, but she started she listing like, God's not off. real. No one's real. <laughs> She's like, none of these. And I was like, like, huh? Jesus, fake. Huh? I was like, what? I wasn't ready to hear the other ones. I was like, mom, no. <laughs> you were like totally ready to be like, yeah, <laughs> like, Tooth Fairy's not real. Fairy. But obviously but Santa's Santa, real. I was heartbroken i think i wanted to kill myself borderline it's always interesting to me though because it's like man parents work hard to get their children what they Uh, want and it's just like why the fuck would you give credit to an imaginary being it's like no i worked hard and bought you what you want but i will say the next year when i knew i was like and i like ate the cookies and drank the milk and it was great but i was also kind of sad because i was like the magic's gone (laughs) the magic's gone gone. there's no more magic little 
little tiny people aren't making my toys and a big fat man's not breaking into my house. You my know, toys my aren't. Oh, no, your toys present. still are made by slave labor. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my toys aren't made by slave labor. And I was no, like, no, yeah. most of them still They're are. They're just not little tiny elves. Yeah, there's not magical That live in subarctic temperatures. <laughs> but anyways, that's my side story. Let's talk about magnets. Let's talk about rocks. <laughs> yes. So there are naturally occurring magnets, which are referred to as permanent magnets. Uh, but you can also create magnets by running certain metals through a strong magnetic field. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ones that can stay magnets after this are referred to as ferromagnets, which include, no surprise, iron. Uh, nickel and cobalt. Mm, did not um, think of the cobalt, but the other. Yeah, one no one ever sense. thinks about cobalt. Oh, cobalt! You lonely fucker. <laughs> you can also, again, as we talked about earlier, uh, create a magnet using electricity to create an electromagnet. So magnetism is caused uh, by the same subatomic particles responsible for electricity, electrons. In fact. Similar to mass and energy, electricity and magnetism are two sides of the same coin, uh, the same thing in different states. Bordering states. <laughs> Ever heard of Texarkana? <laughs> Never been. Don't want to. <laughs> Sounds like an awful place. Sounds like shit. Sorry to any listeners in Texarkana. <laughs> it was a joke, but I don't want to. Doubt they listen to podcasts. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. They're going to write a mean email. <laughs> so last episode, we talked about how electrons orbit the nucleus of an atom, which is composed of protons and neutrons. Mm-hmm. Each spinning electron is actually creating small amounts of electricity and magnetism since they are electrons in motion and electricity is the movement of charge or electrons. Damn, it's all connecting. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, not all of the electrons orbiting a nucleus spin in the same direction. Usually, there is an equal number of electrons spinning in opposite directions, which cancel out the magnetism produced. However, in some substances, like lodestones, which are permanent magnets... That's not real. Lodestones? (laughs) I've never heard of that before. Sounds perverted. Faraday? (laughs) <laughs> well lodestones are from like the ancient greek and romans like again like permanent oh, magnets just exist oh yeah definitely like little boys yeah they all do Nasty. uh th- that's like the unfortunate part when like you want to quote like socrates or yeah, anybody like that? that it's like they touched the little the boys fuck? why i don't know they were Crazy just uh, fuckers. they were so like what, they were lonely like what i don't i mean that's not even a good reason <laughs> It's also, in my head, though... Leave him alone. Yeah, leave him alone. (laughs) But, so, in these substances, which are natural permanent magnets, Mm -hmm. most of the electrons spin in the same direction. This allows for the individual atom's intrinsic magnetism to exist. The magnetic field created by a magnet moves from North Pole to the South Pole. And here's an image of a magnetic field. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, that looks familiar. Yeah, so you can see here that the mm-hmm. arrows are showing leaving the North Pole and coming around and re-entering through the South Pole. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so the lines are known as magnetic flux, 
Uh, as you can see, magnetic flux leaves through the North Pole, as I mentioned, and re-enters through the South Pole. And as we mentioned, magnetic flux is concentrated around the poles. And so you can see that too. You see how there's like a more dense area mm -hmm. of those lines. Yeah. And then it kind of like disperses as it gets further out. The flux. The flux capacitor. It sounds like we're about to uh, enter another time. Yeah, the flux to... capacitor. Hell yeah. Isn't that from... It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah. Back to the future. Yep. Uh -huh. There we go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was it was somewhere deep in the annals the of my mind. Yeah, I love those movies. They're great. Oh, they're awful, but let's keep going. <laughs> they're great and th they're timeless. They were made a long time ago. They were great for that time, and now they suck. But they're still good in their own way. Don't we, like, never get an explanation as to why this high school kid is best friends with a disgraced nuclear physicist? He just hangs out with them. Yeah, but why? Is he a pervert? No. I think he just likes hanging out. Fair enough. <laughs> we all need a friend. They both seem like outsiders, so I think they find like solace in knowing that they're similar in that way. That was deep. It was, and I, uh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's our little crash course on magnets. <laughs> now let's refer back to Faraday's experiment, but with the magnetic flux lines depicted. And so here it is again. Ooh. <gasps> Where we have the coil, and then we have it hooked up to the meter, but this time we're showing the magnet with its magnetic flux lines. And so now you can see, like, it's not simply that there's this stick running in and out of a coil. Mm -hmm. There is invisible forces at work. Black magic. <laughs> it looks like a hurricane's about to start. <laughs> it does kind of look like, yeah. I feel... Like, like weather lines, weather like I don't person. know what that's called, but on yeah, yeah I don't know like what on a meteorological either. map. Mm -hmm. You got the little triangles over here and the arrows over there. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so we're gonna have strong winds coming in through the south. <laughs> like what, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> they're they're coming in from the south. I don't know what else to tell you. To <laughs> be cold tomorrow. Man, you would be the worst weather woman. Oh, I would. I could never do it. Are you kidding me? Being on TV? Oh, no, I would freeze. You're like, I could never just lie on TV like, a like deer that. I know. There's a 50% chance of it. I'm like, that's that's half. I could need a raincoat tomorrow. I could not need a raincoat tomorrow. Maybe I need a shield. What if it's going to hail? I don't want a concussion. Oh, man. Remember when it hailed oh on me? Oh, my God. That sucked. We when I was driving. Out. Yeah. I, I thought was, your windshield was going to crash. So did I. Like, big ass I hail. I thought it was going to smash. Yeah, those balls were huge. We were, in the, <laughs> we were driving back from Colorado to San Antonio, mm -hmm. and there was we were in the that. middle of nowhere, and there was no cover, and my fucking car was just well, taking, like, golf ball hail. There was this tiny, it was like a tunnel almost. Yeah, and that's where we found refuge. Under an overpass, but there was it was like a one lane kind of thing, but it didn't say if it was a one way. Yeah, which so we way? were like in constant fear that someone might just Would like just come in turn into it. Like then, someone yeah, who's totally bad. used to there not being a car in that fucking tunnel, <laughs> and so they just turn into it with full confidence, going whatever speed they want to, and I'm yeah. just in there hiding from the hail. Mm -hmm. I mean, we hid in there for a little, but then once we realized it was just even more anxiety. Not a safe place to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a weird time. Yeah, it was very the upsetting. The weather was weird. Yeah, it's just like one of those things Out where like boondocks? it sucks because it's like there's nothing you can do about there's it. There's like tornadoes. Like there's most problems. It's like, weird. okay, like there's probably a solution. But it's like when it's just 
hailing on you in the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I almost, I was, I did not feel good in that position. Yeah, it was just like, my poor car. (laughs) She's getting fucking smacked on. (laughs) So it is this magnetic flux and a changing magnetic field that induces the movement of electrons in a conductor, which creates a current. Mm. More specifically, a changing magnetic field within a circuit will produce electromotive force, or EMF, which can be equated to voltage in that it applies our pressure to move charges along a circuit. As we discussed last episode, conductors are materials made from atoms that have highly mobile electrons, which can be freed if enough force is applied. And so that's essentially what our EMF is. It's the disturbance needed to get these electrons moving in a circuit. Mm, Okay. And so Faraday dubbed this phenomenon electromagnetic induction. And soon after this discovery, Faraday invented what would later become the basis of modern electric generators, the Faraday disk. And so here is a picture of that. That's a wheel. (laughs) Faraday disk. And so, yeah, so there would be a hand crank, and Uh this disc is made of copper, so it's a conductive material. Uh And then this here uh, that the disc is running through, that's actually a magnet. Okay. And so it's the movement of our conductive material Mm -hmm. within a magnetic field, and that's going to produce our current. Okay, cool. And so, again, that's the basis of a generator. But here is the inner workings of a modern-day generator. A little fancier than the one before. (laughs) A little fancier, yes. And so here we have our magnets on either side. Mm -hmm. And so, again, really have to go on the website and look at this picture to, like, understand it a little better. But would you like to try and explain what you're seeing? Okay, we got Santa on one side and penguins on another. We got a rod running through with some other... That looks like copper. Are those, like, copper, like... Not pipes. Yeah, but so you know what it's, I'm saying? it's two magnets. Yeah. And then there is a copper wire running into like a rectangular shape between the two magnets. Uh-huh. And one end of the copper wire is attached to one ring, which is referred to as a slip ring. And then another end of the copper wire is attached to a different slip ring. And then both of these strip rings are attached to carbon brushes, which that's also a, a conductive material, and then these <laughs> brushes are hooked up to a meter. It's The slip rings are attached to butter. <laughs> looks like pieces of butter. It does look like little slabs of butter. <laughs> and then the butter makes electricity. <laughs> and yeah, yeah so, so what's happening is that some kind of mechanical energy is going to rotate uh-huh. this copper coil. Okay. Within this magnetic field. Mm. And so you notice that, it's like one, pushing it. that one end of each coil is attached to one of these slip rings. Uh-huh. And so that's what's creating the circuit. Okay. Because it's conducting oh, okay. through yeah, the yeah. slip ring uh-huh. and then through this brush. And so these slip rings rotate along with the coil and the brushes stay in place. Uh, interesting. Yes. Okay. That's why they're referred to as slip rings, because they can move. Ooh. Okay. The butter and is slippery. It does not move. <laughs> yeah, ironically. <laughs> and so wow. this is this is the basis of a modern generator right here. Like, there mm-hmm. there are going to be more complex generators oh, with different innards. 
And as we get to <laughs> those different energy. types of generators, <laughs> we will explain the differences between them. Like, I'm sure one day we're going to talk about, like, solar energy and wind energy and stuff like that. And so yeah. we'll explain the actual... A little more in depth. Yeah, we'll, we'll explain the actual generators. But this is, like, a simple version of a generator. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And this generator is actually an alternating current or AC generator. Boo. <laughs> no, we like AC. Oh, fuck. Yay! <laughs> so that means <laughs> that the flow of the current alternates. And this is due to the direction of the magnetic field and the change in the orientation of the conductor. The motion of the conductor which is perpendicular to the constant magnetic field, causes the direction of the induced current to change. And we can discern this by using what is called Fleming's right-hand rule. Flem, that's what I was talking about. And so here's an example of that. Oh, so if you have yeah. your right hand... I hated this. <laughs> you point... <laughs> so do it along with me, though. No, yeah, no, I we would do this in class. I remember talking to you about this. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this is what I was talking about. We were like, mm. yeah, like, so if you use Fleming's right-hand rule, it'll show you the direction of a current produced by a generator. It's like a janky peace sign with your thumb up. Yeah, <laughs> so you use your your index finger, your middle finger, and your thumb. So whichever way, so you make your thumb point in the direction of the thrust or motion of the conductor but it points out straight out and then you have your magnetic you have your index finger point toward the direction of the magnetic field Just pointing straight and then whichever way your middle finger ends up pointing is the direction of the current and the current goes like out to the left i guess if you're using your right hand it goes out to the left well that's going to depend on the picture i'm about to show you so it says go out to the left using your left hand no Check it out. You'd always you I, I remember they would always say just do it like this. But you can turn but your then hand. You can that turn way. your yeah. hand. But the fingers are always gonna stay oh, yes, the yes. same is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So like if you look at it straight on, your index and middle kind of make an L shape, and then your thumb's kinda like pointing out, basically. Yeah, toward you. Yeah, toward you. Weird. Okay, so here is the picture of I'm throwing up gang signs. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like this guy's throwing up gang signs. So here is the picture of again, we have our coil uh -huh. of conductive material, which is most likely copper, and then we have our two magnets on either side of it, one being south and one being north, generating this magnetic field. Yeah. And so as you see, the magnetic field is moving north to south. Yeah. So then now you have to point your index finger in the direction of the magnetic field. And so why this is alternating current is because there are two ends of this rotating coil. And so as one end turns up, you have to change the orientation of your Fleming's right-hand rule to go with movement upwards. But then as it comes back down, you must change the orientation of your hand once again to match the downward motion. So your hand's got to flip 360 degrees. <laughs> and so, yeah, so like if you're, so if, if our coil is moving upwards, then you would point your index finger this way. So from. Where's this way? This way is north to south. And so it would be, have, if you're like looking at right. your right hand, point your index finger to the right. 
to the right. To and the movement of the coil is going upwards, so your thumb will be going up. And so your middle finger will go away from you. Straight on. And so the current is moving out away from you. But as the coil moves down, you're going to turn your hand upside down. (laughs) Oh, God. And so the magnetic field is still moving left to right. So your index finger should still be pointing out to the right. But now your thumb will be pointing down. And your middle finger will be pointing toward you. So now the current is coming yeah. out toward you. This and again, please look at the picture for this. Oh, It'll yeah. make way more sense. This is why I hated doing this in class because they'd be like, you can use this for tests. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking flip my arm around looking like a fucking idiot in class trying to answer question number five. Are you kidding me? Like I got a 55 minutes to do this. I don't got time to be thrown up them against them. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking <laughs> offend somebody. I'm going to get I know. shot. <laughs> They're going to think I'm trying to tell them something bad. I don't know what to do. He's like, I should know what to tell, but sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's why it's alternating current. Because our motion, if our motion is changing, then our Fleming's right hand is changing. And therefore, the current is changing. (laughs) So it's going one way and then the other. Yeah. It's alternating. Alternating current. Flemmy, sticky hands. Gross. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's keep going. So that was our crash course on electromagnetic induction and generators. Mm -hmm. And honestly, everything I just talked about can have their own episodes. But having a basic understanding of all of the stuff I just talked about Mm -hmm. is important to understanding how electricity gets into your house. How does it get in without being noticed? (laughs) You should get ADT. Silent burglar. Yeah, ADT. Yeah. (laughs) You should get... Uh, what's the other one called? Ring. Life lock. Oh, or? I don't know. No, not life lock. Lock That's something ring. Else. I think so funny. My parents just recently got one, but the problem with it is it lags. Simply so safe. I'll be I'll be in the house already, like doing my thing. Then like a minute later, it'll be like um, uh, motion detected at the front door, and I'm like, what the fuck? So you just told <laughs> everyone out there that they have a minute window to just get in do what they need to I and mean, get out i close the door right behind me and lock it so i'm sure it'll go off again but just know i'm always on edge my mother taught me to be a crazy person so i'm always looking out so don't you fucking dare <laughs> don't follow me home <laughs> i have a guard cat his name's sam he's an asshole i also have a guard cat he'll fucking bite you yeah yours is eliza but she's sweet yeah, she's she just me- meows a lot. Yeah, but she violently meows when there's someone at the door, and she so that's my alarm your system. ADT. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so eventually generators will get their own episode where we'll explain them better. Like mm-hmm. eventually Faraday will get his own episode. This is just a basic understanding of a couple of these components so that yeah. when I'm like, electricity ends up at your house, you're not like, how? Why did it, how did it get there? Magic. Exactly. Magic no, that's the you. point. Science over magic. I mean, this shit's so confusing to me. It's basically magic. <laughs> so the electricity we use is created by generators that implement electromagnetic induction. They use steam, wind, or falling water to turn a turbine, turning mechanical energy into electric energy. That's why you see those giant pinwheels outside all the time. Yeah, that, 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 that's all, the, yeah, that's the all these things are doing is turning mechanical energy into electrical energy. Truth. And so whether that be burning coal to boil water or 
using nuclear fission to boil water. It's just to create steam to turn a turbine, which is turning either coils or magnets to Mm -hmm. create electricity. Same thing with wind. Same thing with hydropower with falling water. It's all just to turn either a magnet or a coil. Because apparently candles aren't good enough for anybody. (laughs) That's not good, though. (laughs) So the next question is, how do we get the electricity we just generated out into the world? To understand this, we must further explore electric current. Now, I already mentioned one of the magic phrases for today's episode, alternating current. Uh, I let the cat out of the bag and disclose that we use alternating current generators, but there are direct current (laughs) or DC generators as well. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between AC and DC, and why do we use AC to power our homes and buildings? Let's start by explaining what AC and DC are. I already kind of explained alternating current. But the important thing to remember about AC is that it flows back and forth, changing directions. As a result, the voltage reverses in polarity along with the current. On the other hand, direct current only flows in one direction, with a constant voltage polarity. As previously mentioned, there are DC generators, but batteries are the most common means of generating a direct current. When you have a battery in a circuit, the electrons flow in one direction from the negative end to the positive end of the battery. And DC really does have a lot of useful applications, but it's not what powers our buildings and homes, which is what we care about for the sake of this (laughs) two-parter. Yeah, I was kind of worried about just like shitting on DC the whole time. It's like, no, like DC is used for a lot of things. It's just that's not what we use for the power grid. Mm -hmm. Now, here are the waveforms for the two current types. And so you can see here that direct current is just flowing in one direction, Uh whereas alternating current is moving back and forth. And so here is the graph. And so we have a y-axis and an x-axis. Y is uh, vertical and x is horizontal. And there is a positive and negative. So... Direct current is just moving in this constant straight line. Mm -hmm. On the positive side. Yes. Whereas alternating current moves up toward its peak, moves down, and for a brief moment is zero, but then goes back down to its peak again on the negative side. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that it's negative in terms of there's less volt. Like it's still, it's just negative. It's a wave. It's negative <laughs> voltage in the means of its direction. Like, it's still just as much voltage as when it's at its peak and positive. Yeah. And so you see the wave, it just continues. And so it's like, reaches its peak, hits zero for a brief moment, mm-hmm. and then reaches a peak again, and it just continues like that. Till the end of time. <laughs> Hence, alternating current versus DC, which is just a straight Direct line. Straight line, yeah. So why AC over DC? Well, for one, AC generators are simpler to construct and AC current is simpler to create. A DC generator is actually an AC generator, but the current is converted into direct current. To do this, extra components such as rotating brushes and more coils are needed. So right off the bat, that's an extra step. So that's more time, more materials, and more money. 
However, if DC was superior in every other metric, then it may be worth the extra bullshit. <laughs> but, spoiler alert, it's not. It's not too much money. The major reason as to why AC is superior to DC when it comes to delivering electricity to homes, schools, and businesses is that alternating current can be stepped up to be transported across long distances and then stepped down when it reaches buildings. This is done by utilizing transformers. This is my transformer. Robots in disguise, yeah. Robots yeah, we're not talking Autobots. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> They're my favorite. Now, most transformers are more complicated than the picture I'm about to describe and post, but this one helps us understand the general idea. And here is a single stage of a transformer. Okay. Now you can see that there are copper wires coming in and coiling around what is a ferromagnetic core, which is typically made of iron. And so this is the shape of essentially a square. And we have our two wires coming in, forming a coil around it. Mm -hmm. And on the other end adjacent from it is another coil with two wires leading out of it. And so what we have is our primary circuit, which is what's coming into the transformer, and then our secondary circuit, which is what is leaving okay. our transformer. So this is where the beauty of AC really shines. Mm -hmm. So remember how I explained showing the waveform that AC current peaks but at a moment hits zero and then peaks again yeah so as we discussed a little earlier when you run electricity through a conductor it does produce a magnetic field and this field is amplified when you create coils because the magnetic fields are stacking on top of each other mm -hmm. and we know that a magnetic field also induces current so if we have our primary coil this is producing a magnetic field, which can then induce an electric current in the coil next to it. Hmm. So they don't, these two coils don't actually ever touch. And what the uh, ferromagnetic core is actually doing is it's concentrating or directing the magnetic field created by these coils so that it's just essentially focusing it and not wasting that magnetic field. But it's not that the current is running through these. The current in the secondary coil is being produced by the magnetic field created by the primary coil. And so this is how you can... Interesting. Yeah, so this only works with AC current because of the fact that for a moment, it's zero. Mm -hmm. And so remember that electromagnetic induction works by the movement of either a magnetic field or electricity. And so when our alternating current goes up that's movement and when it's coming down it's going away so at the peak of our alternating current mm -hmm. there's a full-blown magnetic field around this coil but when it hits zero again that field collapses in on itself and goes to zero and comes back out and it's just this pulsating magnetic field coming out of this primary coil inducing electricity in the secondary coil which continues on to wherever we need it and so the way that it steps up or steps down is if there are less turns in the coil around our 
square-shaped core, the electricity will be stepped down. If there's more coils in the secondary coil than in the primary, the electricity will be stepped up. And once again, this is because the field lines of the coils will intersect and the electromotive force will be amplified. So more coils or more turns in the coil means more magnetism and more EMF, which means higher voltage, versus less turns in the coil means less EMF and lower voltage. And so that's how we can step up or step down the voltage of our current is by controlling how many turns there are in these coils. So when you say turns, you mean how many times it literally wraps around? How many times it literally wraps around? Because again, so if mm -hmm. for every for every uh so if you're thinking of a coil, think of it as circles, like discs on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And so the more you have, those magnetic fields are intersecting and amplifying each other. Okay. And so more electromotive force means more voltage. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So alternating current's ability to be stepped up or down by transformers is the primary reason why we use AC to power our homes. Using a transformer, we can easily increase the voltage, which means more quote-unquote electric pressure, allowing us to move electricity over great distances. Conversely, to move electricity over the same distance using direct current, we would require larger diameter cables to allow more electricity to flow because remember uh, we can change the diameter of those cables to essentially increase current and current and voltage are interrelated and so if you increase one you're increasing the other mm -hmm. uh, but larger diameter cables that means more electricity will flow but more of it will be lost in the form of heat, which can cause fires. And that's just an issue you get with larger yeah. diameter cables. It just bleeds out electricity and they get really hot. And so they can up. cause fires. <laughs> so then crazy. you may think, why not increase the voltage? Well, since DC cannot be stepped down by transformers, that means you would have masses of amounts of voltage running to your electrical sockets which would also be unsafe and probably a death trap. You wouldn't need a fork. You could yeah, just, you stand just stand by, by it. Yeah, you just stand by it and fucking shock you, yeah. You just have the wrath yeah, of Zeus die. flowing through your electrical <laughs> sockets. But yeah, oh, since, since DC is a constant uh -huh. versus the wave, it can't induce the transformer to create that moving electromagnet to induce the current in the other coil. Mm-hmm. So you rely on that oscillating current of the alternating current to create that electromagnet to step down or step up the voltage versus DC. It's constant. And so you can't do that. So you simply cannot use DC and transformers, which is why we don't use it. We cannot use transformers in your eyes. <laughs> but even though alternating current is superior for transporting electricity over great distances, not everyone was in support of this, namely Thomas Edison. Now, as we alluded to, this was a very <laughs> hard topic for me. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. Left a lot out, but, like, I was just trying to figure out ways of condensing all these, like, complex, like, physical properties down into something that was a little easier to understand. And as yeah, I read crazy. it out loud... I realize still probably going to be kind of hard to understand. Please reference out, the, pictures. the pictures. It really helps. Yeah. Pictures. But so I promised you drama. 
the chisme. In the form of the current wars. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Mia to research all the hot goss for us. <laughs> so I'm going to let her take it away and tell you about the battle between AC and DC. Edison and Tesla. And yes, that is where the band name came from, actually. We learned. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I thought that was just AC a coincidence. Easy. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, let me get you. I'm going to get you the good good. All right. I'm going to get you the shit you've been waiting for. What are these middle-aged men fighting about and why do they care so fucking much? I'll tell you what. It's because of money. Yeah, always money. It's always money. It's stupid. Uh, all right. So you called it the current wars, but as I was looking it up on Google, they referenced it to War of the Currents because there's a movie out about it. Yeah, there's a movie called cool. The Current Wars. And so if you try to look it up, trying to do legitimate academic research, you're just going to get a plethora of movie reviews for oh, yeah. The Current Wars. But it looked really good. It has Homeboy from uh, the newest Spider-Man. I don't Yeah, that's Tom that Holland, yeah, Benedict yeah, yeah, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Wimbledon tennis match. <laughs> 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 Love that guy. Okay, so let me take you back to a cold winter night in Canada. Just kidding. I don't know if it was nighttime. But these two men, their name were... Their name were, their names were Henry Woodard and Matthew Evans, and they were living in Toronto. They were both just some amateur scientists. And while tinkering with batteries and coils, they noticed a large amount of light being produced from these objects when they touched. So from this discovery, they had developed a prototype of the incandescent bulb by having a carbon-filled rod basically held between electrodes in this container filled with nitrogen. So soon they took out a patent in 1874, but all the investors they went to were freaked out by basically how much it costed. It was a little too much, and so because of that, everyone was calling them stupid, and you know it was the 1800s, and when people called you a fucking idiot that had more money than you, what would you do? You would probably give up and that's what they ended up doing yeah so, they didn't have social media to <laughs> pimp themselves out for free yeah so they they just kind of gave up on it they they figure they wouldn't uh be able to you know get that idea out and so they just you know went on to do something else since they were just amateur scientists so as a race to create a bomb ass viable light bulb was getting saucy Edison was purchasing several existing patents, and one of these included Woodard and Evans' patent for the bulb that they had created earlier. So by 1879, Edison produced a light bulb that was able to last for 13 hours, which wow. in that time was not, yeah, it was not really heard of. I'd be pissed if my yeah. light bulb went out every 13 hours. <laughs> I mean, back then they just had fucking lamps and shit, so I mean, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty big deal. So around that time, he had teamed up with a man named Joseph Swan. He was an English inventor who was also trying to figure out all that light bulb situation. Um, And they teamed up to produce the first practical light bulb. And on January 27th, 1880, Edison had received his patent for the, air quote, electrical lamp, which would pave the way for electrical light. And by 1882, Edison had established the first direct current, DC power generated plant in new york city at the pearl street station and i was looking that up and i was like pearl street station that must be an already existing thing nope he he, that was it that's what he created it was like a whole plant 
that he had basically put direct current into in New York City. So it was a really big fucking deal. It was was crazy. And so as we kind of talked about, so we can use DC in this manner, the way we think we use it now to power homes and businesses. Mm -hmm. But the way that Edison was going to have it was instead of having like a singular power plant out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere that can power an entire city, Mm -hmm. he intended to have one on like... Every block. Yeah, essentially. Because power a few houses. Yeah, because again, <laughs> you can't have the cables run too far or else they generate too much heat and lose too much electricity. Mm-hmm. But also, like the only way it would work to run it further is larger diameter cables, which again we mentioned was unsafe, but it's also costly. Oh yeah. You're ma- you're making these these uh everywhere. You're making these cables out of metal. A lot of metal. Yeah. What what was it? It was a uh, copper or aluminum, right? Yeah, so you would use most things are you most things use copper. Unless you didn't want the film, <laughs> and don't get the film. Apparently, there's a film that yeah, is so, produced so around you, certain Yeah, so you can make aluminum wires and aluminum cables, but when aluminum is exposed to air, it develops this weird film over it, which is just a natural yeah. process. But that film can be flammable and cause fires. Yeah, so they don't they don't uh, advise again uh, uh, advise for it advise. You shouldn't fucking do it. Don't don't yeah, touch it. Yeah, <laughs> Mia was looking to me for help, but I was like, I'm just gonna Please watch this. <laughs> I'm gonna watch you burn like I watch those cables burn. <laughs> All right, now let's go a uh, hop, skip, and a jump across the pond. Same year, 1882, to the University of Prague. A young Nikola Tesla, uh, wink, wink. Like I said earlier, I guess that was a foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Thank you very. <laughs> <laughs> a foreshadowing to this moment. A young Nikola Tesla was taking a nice stroll, nice crisp morning, I'm assuming. I don't really fucking know. As yeah, I don't know what Prague <laughs> is like. I don't know either, but it sounds nice. Sounds like ass. It, I don't know. People always say they want to go like to vacation Prague. there. Maybe. Yeah, it's just a gross sounding word for a place. It's Europe. Prague. Anywhere sounds like a Europe prawn. Sounds, nice. sounds like you're staying in a shrimp. Well, he was staying at the yo- the Yokel, the Yokel University <laughs> Shrimp. <laughs> We are the Jumbo <laughs> Shrimp, here to play a game. Hey. Go check him out, guys. Anyways, he was taking a nice stroll and suddenly came up with the idea for the brushless alternating current AC induction motor that he sketched out in the sand. That's what I was reading about. I don't know if he really did sketch in the sand with a stick. That doesn't make any sense. I would put it in pen and paper. But he sketched it out and depicted rotating electromagnets wow wow and later that same year he had moved to Paris. that was terrible where he was able to secure a job at a dc power plant of none other than sir thomas edison with the continental edison company where he mostly did like repair work on all the stuff there it wasn't anything crazy he would just fix shit <laughs> Um, soon after, in 1884, at the ripe age of 28, he immigrated to the lovely U.S. of A., where he arrived in NYC in an utter shock with how machined and rough, air quotes again, um, it was, which I completely understand. You go from Paris to New York City in the 1800s, it's probably super industrialized, and there's probably, like, smog everywhere, so yeah, that makes complete sense. Tesla didn't have much with him, but he did have a letter of introduction from Charles Batchelor, who was one of Edison's business associates in Europe, in hopes to secure a job with his hero. Apparently, he also had like four cents with him. 
which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's fucking nuts. <sighs> so now at this time, when I was reading up on the state of Edison's DC generation plants, it didn't seem too good. Um, even though he did have the monopoly on it with the station that he completely created um, on Pearl Street. A lot of the poles apparently had, like, crooked cross beams and sagging wires and exposed wires, too, which is really fucked up, <laughs> which was also a big problem, especially with the kids. They liked to climb back then for some reason. I guess that was a big problem. <laughs> they didn't have video games. It was just climb shit, but that makes sense. Like, a kid climbs up a pole, gets electrocuted. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, it's it's not a good... Oh, 1800s? They don't give a, a fuck. That's just survival of the fittest. Well, that's... So, okay. So, that's the thing. So, despite these problems, people really wanted their homes wired. And side note, people were so used to dodging electrical trolley tracks, they named their baseball team... The Brooklyn Dodgers. Yep, that's where the name comes from. I was telling you about it earlier. And you gotta I was dodge like, those electric arcs. I was like, that's so fucked up and hilarious. I can't believe that happened. But anyway, so J.P. Morgan, we've all heard that name, but back when he was alive and kicking, was a huge investor in Edison and gave him a lot of that shmoney. So Tesla kind of coming into his life at this time was definitely something positive. You know, he could uh, fix all of those problems while being able to keep all the investors happy and not having any kind of legal problems. So even though the letter Tesla had, which I talked about earlier, with him talked about the plans for the AC motor, Edison really didn't give two fucks about that. Uh, it just sounded like unnecessary competition, and he really just needed someone to fix his shit. Um, yeah, he had already money. invested so much money and time yeah. into DC power plants. He kind of saw AC as like, no, like if we can just fix what I already had, like why would we waste time and money exactly building whole new generators? Yeah, so he just wanted to focus on the improvements that Tesla could make for his DC power plants and, yeah, get all that money that J.P. Morgan was going to give him. So on June 8th, 1884, Tesla was hired by Edison. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, he was hired. And soon after hiring, Edison had offered Tesla... 50,000 schmackaroonies, and back then you can only imagine how much money that was, even now that sounds like a lot, to improve his DC dynamos. Tesla was like, fat bet bitch, I can definitely do that, no problemo, especially since he's a poor immigrant. He was like, have you seen this mustache? (laughs) I can do anything. So, in the year that Tesla was working for Edison, he had learned a lot about how to make the AC power system by using a transformer to step up voltage for long-distance transmission and then step down for indoor lighting, which was what we were talking about earlier. So, the system was more efficient, more cost-effective, and the AC can also travel much further than DC can, making AC the obvious direct competitor with DC as well as the obvious better fucking choice i mean come on that's that's no brainer so when tesla had finally asked for the money that edison had promised him edison was like oh <laughs> about that see that that's just like american humor that was just an expression i was just being extra i'm not gonna give you any fucking money you idiot and so tesla was pissed right so soon after he resigned from the position he was like fuck this i'm not gonna take this bullshit um but unfortunately after he quit he had to start digging ditches <laughs> I think it was $2 a ditch or something like that. It was it was really shit money, poor guy, um, to even make a living. Uh, but word of this spread, and the investors were approaching Tesla left and right to see if he would develop 
a new and improved method for arc lighting, which was widely used in the 1870s for street and building lights until, unfortunately, superseded by the incandescent light, which Edison had, obviously. So even though it wasn't what Tesla had in mind, he was kind of bummed out about it. You know, he really wanted to focus on this AC system. He thought, you know what, I'm going to make this project my bitch. And he was able to suppress the annoying little sound that emanated from these lamps due to power frequency harmonics. And he did that by using a 10,000 cycles per second alternator, which I thought was really fucking cool. It e- wasn't even something he was interested in, but he somehow was able to improve it, just like how they asked him to. And, you know, he got that money and he got that uh, those bragging rights. So soon after, in 1887 and 1888, he was granted over 30 patents. 30 patents. That's a lot of fucking patents. Which comprised of a complete system of generators, he had motors, lining, transformers, and transmission lines. So my boy was getting all in and eventually was invited to speak for the American Institute of Electrical Engineers about his work. Fucking awesome. Look at him go. He's it's that immigrant mindset. Yeah, he said, fuck you, Edison. I'm going to show you who's motherfucking boss. So during this lecture, he met a man by the name of George Westinghouse, who was the first to launch the AC power system. And had a gnarly mustache. He also had a Everybody had a gnarly mustache. Are you kidding me? I don't know where those jeans were coming from, but they were concentrated on the upper lip let me tell you what but he had launched that system (laughs) near boston and also happened to be one of edison's major competitors you know um so let me give you a little background on westinghouse first because he just kind of comes out of the blue uh but he ends up being a really good partner with um i was about to say faraday oh my god that guy's haunting my dreams (laughs) with tesla yeah, is wasn't Westinghouse kind of similar to Edison in that like he was like an inventor slash like titan of industry, he, like he was oh, just yeah. kind of like investing in shit oh, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he definitely started a little earlier. So um, he first became super relevant, I should say, um, when he invented the railway air braking system at the age of twenty two. In 1869, uh, 22. Can you believe that? That's yeah. so young. That's crazy. Um, and it was patented in 1873, a little longer, almost a whole decade after. So it was patented in 1873, which is uh, almost about a decade after. And the Westinghouse Air Braking Company, or WAPCO, was organized. Yeah, WAPCO. It sounds like waffle. Was organized to manufacture and distribute these brakes. So Homeboy basically made a whole braking system for trains so they wouldn't crash into people. Yeah, so every time you don't get then. destroyed by a train. It was because of this homie. So, uh, yeah, he had also founded the Union Switch and Signal Company in 1881. I so just imagine giant mustaches stopping oh, yeah. trains. <laughs> I feel strong. The biceps are the mustache. Yeah, it's just two ends of a mustache <laughs> reaching oh, yeah. down and grabbing the tracks to stop the train. That that was him. That was that was his. Yeah, please Google this guy oh, yeah. so you can see his chops. Oh, he's great. Oh, no, he, he had a gnarly beard, too. This guy was crazy. Um... But yeah, the Union Switch and Signaling Company, 1881. Uh, but this ultimately led to his interest in telephone switching, which then led him to electrical power. Yes, you guessed it, electrical power, which is where all of this kind of 
connects. So with electrical lighting becoming an already competitive business, Westinghouse started the development of his own DC lighting system in 1885, but soon after became aware of the European AC systems in 1885. So it was only like a year later. So Westinghouse saw this as an advantage over the DC systems that Edison was marketing and saw its potential on a much larger economical scale since they were obviously much, much cheaper. So he began to experiment with the AC and in 1886, he had installed the first multiple voltage AC power system air motherfucking quotes. So bring it all back with Westinghouse already in competition with Edison. He knew having Tesla on his team and expanding on this idea to achieve long distance power transmission could really give him the leg up that he needed to beat Edison in this war of the currents. So that's kind of how they're all connected. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because yeah. I think when you hear like the current wars and you think about like AC versus D, you really only think of Tesla and Edison. Oh no, he really he brought the money. That yeah, Tesla for sure. Yeah, and that's what really that's what it, it always like takes. Like he was essentially the person because Tesla was a brilliant mind, but he he didn't he have didn't, he didn't have money. It was Poe. And so yeah, so Westinghouse really poor guy. Yeah, took a chance on him and. Oh, yeah, but I, I think it was kind of cool because they both had this idea, but, but Tesla, I don't know, he seemed to have a little more fire in him. Westinghouse didn't really need that as much. He's like, I got the money. It's cool. You got the idea? I believe in your idea. Let's yeah, do I feel like that was the issue probably with oh, Edison, yeah. where Edison didn't see himself as just an investor. Like, mm -hmm. he also wanted to be the mind. Yeah. Whereas Westinghouse was he willing to be all. like, no, like if you have a better idea, like you fucking well, do it. Like, I mean, it makes a little more sense when I when I go farther into the story because he was paired with J.P. Morgan and J.P. Morgan was a very greedy man. He was basically the monopoly man. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll get into that a little later. It, it'll make he had a little, little more top sense. hat. Yeah, he, he had the monocle, just way more buff and way more angry. Probably could kill you if you wanted to. Uh <laughs> But anyway, so um, in 1888, George Westinghouse bought Tesla's AC generator patents for $60,000. That's way more. Well, not way more. That's 10. Well, 10 grand is a lot. 10 grand more than what Edison was offering him just to fix those uh, DC dynamos. So that's a pretty big deal. And with that, he also paid him 5000 in cash money. And gave him 150 shares in his corporation, which was obviously booming yeah. at the time. So that was a really big deal. Um, and so Tesla was finally able to open his own lab and have a full-on industrial war erupting <laughs> after that. Because once they paired together, there was no stopping him. You know, they were like, we're going to come for Edison and we're going to fucking kill this guy. Literally. No, I'm just kidding. They're not going to literally kill him. But they wanted to, I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. They died out. Um, so as all of this was happening, Edison was kind of, you know, peeking over on the other side, was not too happy, fully fledgedly PSD offy, um, and he was ready to launch some propaganda against AC, and boy, did he. He literally paid children 25 cents for every dog they brought in to demonstrate how dangerous AC was, and he would basically electrocute them in public. He would electrocute animals and eventually electrocuted an elephant. Yeah, I know. That was that the one was thing he was really like super notorious up. for was electrocuting an elephant. Yeah, I was reading some articles and some people uh, kind of made it seem like he had a fetish for it. Like he was he was so into it, he would do it as much as he could just because he liked watching him burn. I don't know how much of that's true, but 
I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, he he looks like a fucking weirdo. Oh yeah, he looks creepy as fuck. But it, it's just sad because he he was just, just killed a bunch of animals. Yeah, for he, no he reason. was so angry that he was just like, I'm gonna fucking kill all these animals to prove a point and to discredit Tesla. Which so is really yeah, up. so he was killing the animals to show that AC was dangerous. Yeah, that it was supposed to be like more dangerous mm. and it would like but I'm like, bitch, do it with DC, I bet it would probably do the same damn thing. It's all electricity, right? I don't know, you tell me. They all seem pretty bad. So uh in eighteen ninety, AC was officially demonstrated using the electric chair, which I think is ironic because apparently Edison invented the electric chair. So it's funny how they were using the electric chair but with AC to demonstrate how dangerous it was. Um, and they were demonstrating it on a William Kamler, who was a convicted axe murderer, and he was being put to death. So, But the people that were able to witness this, they said the act was so awful that they termed the technique Westinghousing because of AC. God damn. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Um, it's weird to think that we did yeah. that for a really long time. It's like, what's wrong with the good old fashioned oh, yeah. like bullet in the head? Like, why did we ever to electrocute people? And yeah, watch that them seems burn. so stupid. <laughs> oh, it was, it was really fucked up. Um, so during the 1890s, uh, Tesla had invented improved lights, the Tesla coil, which was basically a high voltage transformer. Um, meters and electric oscillators. <laughs> oscillators. Yeah, no. he, he invented a lot. Um, he was also experimenting with x-rays and gave a short-range radio communication demonstration. So things weren't really terrible. Uh, he was still chugging along and inventing a way. He wasn't going to let a little petty shit get in the way of his dreams. You know, some bad some bad press. He wasn't going to let a few dead dogs get in the way. <laughs> oh, that sounded evil. Yeah, oh my God. that was quite the cackle you I had. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah. even though AC was accumulating a lot of bad press, Westinghouse and Tesla won the bid to illuminate the Chicago World's Fair in 1893. Yeah, and the World's Fair was a huge it deal. It was. And they that did was, like, where they showcased oh, everything. 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 Anything, everything you got. You got a peach that can talk? It's there. Yeah, like almost every like progenitor to modern uh conveniences and science were at one point shown at a world's fair. It the toaster like. was there. Was it? I don't know. Maybe oh. <laughs> it makes sense, wouldn't it be? God knows. Right? They just they're like, you need some toasted bread. Put the bread in toaster and it comes out and it's, it's not too crispy. But they won the bid. Uh, they cut General Electric Company's million dollar bid in half. Oh, so they just like fucking oh, yeah. like, they're undercut like, them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. they were like, yeah, oh, underbid. it's because way, way less money. You had a million dollars? 500 grand, bitch. We'll illuminate this entire fucking place. It'll be A1. And since this was the first all-electric fair in history, it gave them the win of the Currents War. But anyway, soon after, Edison kind of got out of the business, and his company was slowly but surely integrating AC tech into their systems because it just makes more sense, obviously. Yeah, it makes way more sense, especially when you think about transformers and how you can step up and step down the voltage. It's just way more convenient and less expensive than if you were to have essentially a tiny power plant on every block. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. 
Um, but yeah, so Edison was leaving the business and uh, it was all getting integrated. And Tesla was also getting a lot of fame from the World's Fair. And he started joining all of these like elite social circles of science. And yeah, like there was like a weird there. era of like gentleman scientists. Right. Uh, yeah. Where it was yeah. just like you ne- you didn't necessarily need like a formal education. It's like if you had enough money, you could just be like, oh, I'm a scientist you now and just like fuck around anything. with chemicals. I mean, is, uh, again, isn't that what that was? Isn't Basically. That what it was but anyway, he's now off on a little tangent. You remember J.P. Morgan, that guy who had uh, all that money in Edison's project? Oh, and he lost mm, a bunch of money. He was fucking pissed because he wanted to monopolize electricity steel railroads you name it he wanted it and he was especially angry because tesla had outbid him for the world's fair and also got the contract for the niagara falls power plant which is a separate very large topic that i didn't want to include because it's a lot but if you want to check it out just uh, look up Tesla Niagara Falls power plant, and I'm sure you can read up on it. Yeah, and I'm sure one day we're going to do an episode on hydroelectricity. Yeah. And yeah, that'll totally pop up. But uh, yeah, Morgan had a significant influence over everyone. This dude was basically the fucking godfather, and he was worth 41.5 billion smackaroonies in his time, which equates to. Wait for it. trillion dollars today that's stupid that's like jeff bezos but the monopoly man like super scary monopoly man a lot of people were scared of this dude they didn't want to fuck with him but guess who wasn't scared of him tesla nikola tesla yeah he said fuck morgan so uh (laughs) but uh jp morgan he wanted all of tesla's patents and businesses so he could make more money but Tesla knew if he did this, the benefits of these inventions would never reach the common man. And it yeah, would just, wasn't Tesla yeah. really about like free oh, electricity definitely. and? Yeah, yeah, he wanted it to reach everybody because he knew there was a really big gap between um, like the elite and the rich and powerful and like poor people. And from being from poverty, obviously not having very much, coming digging to ditches. the world with four, yeah, digging ditches and only having four cents in his pocket when he first got here, he. He, he being could Serbian, it, I don't know if that be, means. I anything. don't know if that means anything. What's Serbia like? I don't know. I've never been, but yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't a good thing. He d- he didn't want that to happen, um, and he knew that Morgan would just have one other thing in his pocket. So Tesla was like, nah, and he refused the offer, and so this really pissed off Morgan. He was livid, like a baby thrown a tantrum. He was not about it. So with that in mind, but also that also comes back to a full circle why Edison was probably the way he was partnering with a man like J.P. Morgan. You know, yeah, there's got to be a lot of pressure. Titans of their time. They yeah. wanted everything and they didn't care what they needed to do in order to get there. So keeping that in mind, Tesla was known to stay up for days and just occasionally nap. He would skip a lot of meals. He was literally in his lab all the fucking time. But... In this one occasion, I guess homie got hungry, and so he left somewhere to go eat something. And while out, received some very unfortunate news. And on March 13th, 1895, Tesla's lab caught fire mysteriously in the basement. And was so severe, the fire was so severe, that his fourth floor lab burned down, collapsing into the second floor, setting all of his work back and destroyed all of his notes, all of his research models, like everything was literally destroyed. 
So, this is the big conspiracy theory surrounding this war of currents, since there's really no evidence as to what like, happened. If it was the work of Edison, was it J.P. Morgan? Was it both? We will never know. Or was it the fact that your lab had fuck tons of electric components running you through it? You know what? That also could have been it, too. But that, uh, that concludes the War of the Currents. It's pretty cool, too, because there's like a lot of con- like quote-unquote like conspiracy theory like ideas around Tesla's lab and it burning down. And a lot of people think that he had based on some of the things that he said Mm -hmm. that he had technology that could have just like skyrocketed. Oh, I bet like human civilization. And it was was just lost in the fire. Yeah. It's so sad. They literally today they've done so much research and they don't, they still don't know like what started it, where any of his works are that might've survived. It's all gone. So, do you know, did you see anything about, like, how his life was after that? Like, did he still, like, get to live, like, a relatively, like, like good life? Uh, I mean, he died alone. <laughs> yeah, but he was asexual, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's It seemed kind of sad. It seemed like he was almost going crazy, but not. Mm, I don't yeah. know. It was. I didn't want to deep dive too into it, just like I didn't want to deep dive too much into his early life because... Not necessarily relevant. Yeah. (laughs) But I would love to like go more into it. He seemed like a very brilliant man. I would love to learn more about him. He see I I'd love to learn more about him than Edison, obviously. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, eventually I want to do like a great scientist like kind of uh Mm -hmm. episodes where we just kind of talk about like great people in history. Of the people. Yeah. Fuck Thomas Edison. So now let's bring everything together and explain how electricity gets from where it is produced to your electrical sockets. And once again, viewing the picture for this will help tremendously. Mm-hmm. So here is some somewhat of a diagram of an electrical grid. And so there are three main steps in getting electricity from where it's produced to your home. And those are referred to as generation, transmission, and then distribution Mm. so electricity is produced by some means at a power plant and again that could be nuclear fission boiling water to make steam to turn a turbine it could be burning coal to boil water to turn a turbine Mm. uh so it can be anything so whatever is producing the electricity that is produced at our power plant and that is generation so Our electricity then flows out of where it is being generated into transformers at the plant, which steps up the voltage for transmission. And so, again, if we're stepping up, that means that our primary circuit that's leading into the transformer will have less turns in its coil than the secondary circuit, which leads out of our transformer. So our secondary circuit will have more turns in the coil thereby increasing the voltage. Hmm. So this high voltage is then, and again, these power plants are typically out of sight, out of mind. They're typically in the middle of nowhere. You don't really want these eyesores like in the center of your city. (laughs) So they're typically out in the middle of nowhere. And so we have to step up this voltage really high to get it to where, you know, people are. Where it needs to be. And so this high voltage is carried across high voltage transmission lines which are the really big metal towers with wires running across them that you'll sometimes see out in the middle of nowhere. And so those are the high voltage transmission lines. And so those can carry voltages of like tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of volts. Very 
high voltage running through these things. Mm -hmm. And so this is what's carrying our electricity across vast distances. And so eventually it gets into neighborhoods and sections of cities and the voltage is then stepped down at what is called a substation. And so these substations step the electricity down to a more manageable level. It's still too high to run through your socket, mm -hmm. but it's not hundreds of thousands of volts. And so the electricity is stepped down at these substations. And remember, so if we're stepping down, that means that our secondary circuit has less loops in its coil or less turns than the primary. So it's being stepped down. So once it is stepped down at a substation, it could be distributed throughout a neighborhood or throughout a town or throughout a city or a section of a city, depending on how big your city is. A house. <laughs> Just one house, like that one. And so, yeah, so eventually it will be stepped down to a house. So mm -hmm. when the electricity at its lower voltage leaves a substation, that's when you're going to see it on those wooden poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be on those wooden poles. Little wooden tees. Once it gets out of that substation. But once to get to your house, it runs into eventually from those wooden poles, you will see one pole with what looks like a metal drum at the top of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the things that people like to burn balloons on. <laughs> Is Do people do that? Yeah. <laughs> you fucking sometimes savages. On, sometimes on accident, but oh, sometimes okay. also, like, kids would just, like, throw shit up there and see, like, the, the Mylar balloons just fucking burst into flames. Yeah, so those metal <laughs> drums are also transformers, and so the <laughs> electricity gets stepped down once again at that drum, and mm -hmm. then the, elec the wires leading from that drum are what lead down into your houses. Because, again, that is a transformer once again stepping down the voltage. And so we go from uh, back to our high-voltage transmission lines, which is running hundreds of thousands of volts down to what is about 120 volts is what's running through your electrical sockets. Hmm. That still sounds like a lot. <laughs> it still sounds like a kill me. Yeah, I still definitely don't recommend sticking Don't your finger, in a, finger socket. in a socket yeah but it's Have not I? maybe it's not so much that <laughs> simply being around it will kill you you know and that's oh, the yeah, beauty yeah, yeah. of alternating currents is once again it works with transformers so we can step up and step down the voltage allowing for it to be transported but then making it safe enough to run through your home so you don't fry like a little shrimp in a Damn, I couldn't finish that. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Hey, you know what? It can't all be gold. <laughs> so that's all we have for today. Oh, man. Thank you for listening. All pictures for this episode will be posted on our website, straighttothebrain.com. That's straight, the number two, the brain. Straighttothebrain.com. Mm -hmm. The pictures are located in the corresponding blog post for the episode. Go check it out, guys. They're cool. They're pretty. They help. They help understand all the information. All sources used for this episode can also be found on the website under the Sources tab. Follow us on at Straight2Brain on both Twitter and Instagram. Once again, that is Straight, the number two, Brain on both Twitter and Instagram. Don't say hi. Uh, wherever you listen, please rate and review. If you have any questions, comments, or episode ideas, you can email us at straight2brain at gmail.com. 
once again, that is straight the number two brain at gmail.com. Because the word two was taken. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> As a disclaimer, I am not considered an expert on the topics I cover. <laughs> Goodbye and good luck in your endeavors. Later, guys. This has been Straight, straight to, to the, the brain. brain. See you next time. <laughs>